Our first lesson is from the book of Acts, chapter 20, Paul's meeting with the pastors at Ephesus. Now from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time, from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials. This happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not count my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay attention, careful, to yourselves and to all the flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We read the Holy Gospel from St. John, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you're not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. This is the Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, O Christ. And Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need your tender care. In your pleasant pastures feed us. For our use, your fold prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, you have bought us, we are yours. You have bought us, we are yours. Amen. As Pastor Walther mentioned in the announcements, uh, this is Good Shepherd Sunday, and it's so named because we read something from John chapter 10 about Jesus being our Good Shepherd. Pretty straightforward. And yet you see, each year as we read something from John chapter 10, something different about Jesus' shepherding is brought out. And obviously this is done to strengthen our faith. We hear what Jesus does for us. We see him as our loving Lord who takes care of us. And Psalm 23 is a perfect example of this. As for the gospel readings, one of the years we hear Jesus say, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This obviously indicates Jesus' death on our behalf. It shows the length to which Jesus will go as our shepherd. It shows the humiliation and death that he suffers to save us from wolves, to save us from the devil, to save us from death, to save us from hell. But that is not the only thing that Jesus did, as we heard Jesus himself say today. Jesus said and did and taught many things. The Gospels record many of these things. The Old Testament also tells us about his works. It prophesies about what he is coming to do. And we also know we've been hearing from Acts for our first reading this last month. And we know that after Pentecost, the apostles go out and proclaim Jesus' works to the world. But they also write it down so Jesus can be read about. Jesus, the word of Jesus can be spread even after the death of the apostles. Historical, archaeological evidence proves this to be the truth. Clearly shows us numerous copies and translations that were spread throughout the ancient world. Yeah, I'm sure you all know, you've heard this before too, that even today, the Bible is not listed on bestseller lists because all of the various translations would dwarf other book sales. And I point that out because that is not off topic. That is actually one of the things that Jesus brings up for us in today's Good Shepherd Gospel reading. This year we hear about the scenario of a crowd of Jews coming up to Jesus and asking about whether or not he is the Christ. They wonder why he will not tell them plainly. I don't know about you, but that complaint sounds very similar to complaints that we still hear today. Right? If God is out there, why doesn't he make himself known? Why doesn't he do so plainly? This is yet another way, another example in how the world of Jesus' day and the world of our day are not different. The sins are the same. The complaints are the same. 
Only some of the details have changed, and even those have only changed slightly. And this particular complaint is one that comes up more than once in the Gospels. We see that the people demand very specific things from God. They want him to say exactly, and usually only, what they want him to say. And they want him to do exactly what they want him to do. And other things he says, other miracles, for whatever reason, those do not count in their minds. And you can see this as Jesus responds to them. Why do you keep us in doubt? As if Jesus were the one at fault for their unbelief. If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Note Jesus' response. I told you, and you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. The same answer still goes out to the world today. To those who want God to speak plainly and to do miracles for them, the answer is, He has, but you do not believe. As we pointed out with the sales of the Bible, the the word of God clearly still goes out to the world. The miracles that Jesus performed have been told in more languages than any other thing has been told. The problem of unfaith in this world is not a problem with God. It is a problem with sinners because we all have sinful hearts and ears that do not want to hear. Jesus explains to the Jews who come up and complain to him that they were not his sheep because they do not hear his voice. And clearly by that, he doesn't mean that they don't hear sounds coming out of his mouth. They do hear what he says, and when he speaks, they hate his words. You can find out about that more if you keep reading in John chapter 10. Now, the problem is that they do not listen to him, and so they do not follow him when he calls. So one of the things that is brought out, especially in this year's Good Shepherd Gospel reading, is that Jesus speaks and Jesus acts. He is a living God. We would say he still speaks. He still acts. And this ties in nicely with the second thing that is brought out in our our gospel reading today. We have talked before, down through sermons and in Bible studies and in Sunday school and catechism, about the attributes of God that is what God is like. So, for instance, we call God Almighty. We call him all-knowing. We say that he is everywhere at all times, and that we also know he is loving. God is just. God is holy. However, the attribute that we have always stated to be of chief importance is that our God is merciful. And if not for our shepherd being a merciful shepherd, none of those other attributes would help us. There is no gospel in the bare proclamation that God is all-powerful. 
as true as that is. That in and of itself is not good news. But to know that God is merciful to sinners, that is good news. If you know that you're a sinner, and if you know that God is merciful to you, and once that is clear, and it is clear in the fact that God sent his son to die and rise for us, that he sent Jesus to lay down his life for sinners, once it is clear that he is merciful, then all of those other attributes should strengthen our faith. That our merciful God is all-powerful means that, as we heard Jesus say in our reading today, no one is able to snatch God's sheep from his hand. You see then that the, the almightiness, the omnipotence of God is put to use in service of his mercy, in service of the salvation of sinners. And that is a comforting thing. That is good news. That is the gospel. Knowing that, believing that, trusting in that, that is the kind of thing that produces faith behind something like Romans chapter 8, a chapter that I know that you have all heard before, a chapter where Paul says, so if God is for us, who can be against us? Who could bring a charge against God elect? It, it is God who justifies. It is Christ who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And you know, in that chapter, Paul goes on to list a whole bunch of different things that people might possibly suggest that could separate us from the love of God, whether it's sickness, or whether it's death, whether it's whatever might come in the future, whether it's the devil himself. And Paul ends with nothing shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing is more powerful than God. Nothing can take us from him. So we see that the, the danger that the world presents to us is not that it is more powerful than our good shepherd. Rather, the temptation that the world offers is simply, do not listen to your good shepherd. Ignore his voice. Do not follow him. And then using that as a wedge, it introduces all sorts of other deceptive temptations to lure us further away. And there are wolves in the world who do this, something that Paul noted in our first reading this evening, that the wolves are after our faith. And so Paul tells us, you need to be aware of that. You need to be alert to that. But then Paul says, the answer is not in your own strength. The answer is not in your own cunning that you are somehow going to be able to outsmart these wolves. Rather, Paul says that year after year, he proclaimed repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. He testifies to the gospel of the grace of God. Now, as you read through the book of Acts, as you read through the preaching of Paul and the preaching of Peter and the other apostles, you will notice that they always keep coming back to the mighty acts of God, the chief among them being Jesus' death and resurrection. That is what the church always turns to in dangerous times. 
dangerous times like these. Times, whether they be times of poverty or prosperity, whether they be times of war or peace, we, as Jesus' sheep, gather around to hear his voice. We listen to what he says. We follow his warnings about sin. We repent of them. We stop doing them. And we hear all over again about his love and forgiveness for sinners. And we rejoice. We rest. We dwell in what we find there. Because we know, you know, you heard it again this evening. God's forgiveness for you. You know it's going to happen again this evening that he will feed us. And that by this, he is protecting us. And so the problems that, face, that we face today, they are not problems of God's reticence. They are not problems of God's reluctance. And we know that's not true because, again, we hear his gospel and that it goes out to the world. We know that he still takes care of us today. We know that he still shepherds us as our good shepherd and that this gives us the peace of God which guards and keeps our hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus forever. Amen.